As you can see, I've got Brother Jimmy Harris with me tonight, amen, and uh, he is the pastor of the First um, Baptist Church of Galena, Missouri. Yes. James, welcome. James, thank you. James, James. <laughs> amen, Jimmy. This is and James, and I'm his other brother, James. James. I'm James Aless. <laughs> I'm James Aless. You're the James the Big Shot. But anyway, <laughs> but we're going to be doing an open discussion tonight, and we'll be in the book of Matthew, chapter 1 and chapter 2. We want to help you understand the birth of Jesus Christ, and so we're going to go uh, several different directions tonight with the help of... Uh, we're also going to open up, uh, if we have time, uh, open discussion, questions, if you'd like to bring up uh, issues concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. Just by way of introduction, uh, the book of Matthew is about Jesus being born as king. Joseph was next in line to be the king of Israel, but Rome beat him out of it. And when I talk about Joseph, I'm talking about the one that God chose to be the overseer of his son, Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ rose, as he, as he grew up there in Nazareth. And so, um, the book of Matthew is very interesting because it approaches the birth of Jesus from the standpoint that he's king. The book of Mark is he's a servant, so there's no genealogy. Right. In the book of Luke, he has the detailed account of the baby in swaddling clothes, because he is man, the son of man. And then John, he's God. God doesn't need a genealogy. He don't need a genealogy. <laughs> Amen. Because God has always existed. That's right. And so we're going to be looking at some things. I, we're going to answer a question tonight. When was Jesus born? It wasn't December the 25th. I'm pretty sure of that. And uh, we're going to talk about Jesus was born as a, uh, of a virgin Mary. We're going to talk about the star and the wise men who came from afar. Uh, we're going to talk about Jesus being born and what was his origin when he, was, when he came to earth. And then we're going to talk about the Jews would be exterminated. In other words, the Jew, the greatest Jew of all, Jesus Christ, Herod would try to exterminate him during his fleeing into Egypt as Joseph was given a warning in dreams. So uh, we're going to get into some nitty-gritty stuff tonight, and uh, I do want to mention that the star of Bethlehem is the only part of the manger scene. It's not, it's actually the star is the one that guides the wise men to the child, Jesus, not a baby, a child. <coughs> And then, um, so actually the star is the only thing in the manger scene in the book of Matthew. Why? Because he's king of kings and lord of lords. Luke gets into the detail, and I think it's interesting because he's the doctor. Yeah. So he talks a lot about the physical birth of Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about when was Jesus born. And uh, do you want to kick us off a little bit? I will. Uh, just, just a little bit for the, uh, the practical matter. Uh, I come from a family that raised sheep and goats, and so I've always been interested in this. And uh, uh, they raised uh, Barbados sheep and Angora goats down in southwest Texas along the Mexican border. 
And so uh, I read a lot about the shepherds of the time and the, the flocks. They would start to bring them in in the fall, not because they were having blizzards in, in, uh, you know, in Bethlehem, uh, but because <clears throat> it's a very dry place. You get away from the river. Of course, now, in contemporary times and ever since Israel uh, was, has been regathered back in the land, it's one of the most irrigated places on the earth and it's green and growing. You know, that swamp, that, 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 that malaria-infested swamp that Mark Twain wrote about in the yeah. 1880s, yeah. it's not there anymore. I mean, right. they're one of the, they're one of the, the biggest uh, producers of agriculture in the world. Uh, matter of fact, they're having trouble right now because of the of the turmoil with the war. They need sure. people down there to pick the, pick the crops, you know. And why are we? We're in the fall. It's the time of the harvest, and and uh, the feast of tabernacles would have come in the fall at the end of the harvest season. The reason, like I say, was not for the brutally cold weather, but because. It is a very arid land at that time, and if you get away from the water right now, it's a desert, uh, just like the southwestern United States. You can only have a town where there's, wa- where there's water. And so they would bring the, the, the livestock in close to the towns. They would put them in pens. They would put them in caves. They yes. would put them in barns and mangers. And they would do this so that they could keep them together and yep. feed them because there was nothing for them to graze on out there at that time of the year because, as I say, the latter rain had passed. Yeah. And, and that yeah. was a time for the end gathering and the Feast of Tabernacles. So what you're saying is actually Jesus was probably <coughs> born in the seventh month which would be the, the month of the tabernacle, the Feast of Tabernacles. He was probably born somewhere between September and October, maybe right. a carryover to November, but that's basically when he was born. Um, you say, well, how can you be so sure about that? Well, we're told in the Scriptures that, um, that the brothers of Jesus uh, indicated in John chapter 5, I believe it is, is that um, they would go, no, it's John chapter 7, seven John chapter 7, they indicated, the brothers of Jesus indicated, well, you need to go show yourself as a Messiah at the Feast of Tabernacles. And so we know that the Jewish people expected the Messiah to come during the Feast of Tabernacles. And so more than likely, Jesus was born, not in April, not in December the 25th, but during the Feast of Tabernacles. And I think it's interesting, too, that the tabernacle is what we live in. Our bodies is a tabernacle. And Jesus Christ came as a tabernacle. Uh, Not only did he come as a temporary tabernacle, but the tabernacle in the wilderness pointed to Jesus Christ. And if you remember the pillar, a cloud by day and the fire by night, probably the glory of God was the star that was burning that brought the wise men afar to where Jesus was because he's the tabernacle. The first chapter of St. John says that uh, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Goes on and carries on and begins to talk about, in verse 14, the Word was made, made flesh, flesh and dwelt and among, us. among us. And that word dwell means he tabernacled among us. He tabernacled so it, with it's us. It's more than likely that he was born either sometime during September, October, carry over in those months. So, that's a, that's a good answer for me. 
I'm pretty convinced that it wasn't December the 25th. What do you think, Jimmy? I think it's the, I think it's the same way. It's, it's the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. He talks about September. James did in October. It's like the Passover. It falls on a different date every year yes. uh, because of the Jewish calendar. This year, uh, the, uh, the, the Hamas invaded yes. Israel on Yom Kippur, on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. Yep. Yom Amen. Kippur was the Day of Atonement. That's the first day of the feast. And then they would have, uh, they would have the, the feast. It yep. was 10 days, the Feast of Tabernacles. On the last day was what they called the Great Day of the Feast. And, and, and that's when Jesus stood up in, uh, in uh, 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 John chapter 7. And on yep. that last great day of the feast, Jesus cried out, you know, you know who I am and all yeah. this stuff, and I'm yeah. with you. Also, another thing that indicates the time of year with the Feast of Tabernacles, the reason Paul didn't want to sail when they had found safe harbor, when they were, when they were taking him and those other prisoners from uh, Caesarea Philippi yes. to Rome, uh, he said that it was unsafe to make the trip because the feast had already passed. Right. And right. so, uh, and, and theologically, just real quick, it makes sense that uh, it would be at the Feast of Tabernacles because all of the Old Testament feasts and holy days pointed to Jesus and something that Jesus would fulfill. And when we talk to the, the we talk about the Day of Atonement. Well, what is our atonement? Uh, it, it, our atonement is in Jesus Christ, the vicarious death of Jesus on the cross. There would have to be a time of atonement for the nation of Israel. And that's going to happen during the, during the tribulation, a time of them coming back to God and understanding that Jesus is their yes, Messiah, yes. Yeshua. And, and then the, the Feast of Tabernacles, that's a picture of the yep. kingdom come, of God's kingdom here on the earth with Jesus, King Jesus, ruling yep. from the throne Amen. of his father David. And then the last great day of the feast, which was a day of mourning and a day of fasting and and a day of prayer would be picture the great white throne judgment. And after that, if you notice in Israel, there are no more dates after the last great day of the feast. After the great white throne judgment, then comes the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah. And so it, there's a lot of theology behind it being at this time of year. I don't want to belabor the point, but, uh, you know, the reason that, that, that we celebrate December 17th, because it, it comes during the, the pagan Roman Saturnalia, the uh, winter solstice celebration, and they were already celebrating it. So they just said, they said, okay, well, we'll just celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ right now because everybody else is already celebrating anyway. Yeah, And that's yeah. kind of how it came about. They were already having a party, so let's dedicate it to Jesus. I'm afraid that usually doesn't work too well. Yeah. Pastor. <laughs> and, and, that's true. And, and another thing we need to stop and consider, how many like them candy canes? That, you know, candy canes, they put them on a tree. Uh, they're shaped like a, a, a shepherd's staff. And they actually were invented in 1670 in Germany. And in Germany was the first country to bring a tree into their house. And they decorated the tree. In fact, Martin Luther was the one to put lights on the tree because Martin Luther was a, of Germany as well. In the 1900s, they changed the white cane to a stripe to representing the blood of Jesus Christ. So that's just a little history of why 
Uh, we have the tree brought in the house and why the candy cane. And I, I agree with Jimmy, a lot of paganism involved in Christmas, but I just thought you'd, uh, uh, not everything in Christmas is bad. Oh, not against I love you at all, Pastor. Amen. I'm yeah. all for it. <laughs> yeah, amen. And so I, I do want to point out the genealogies because it's important. I mentioned this earlier. In the, in the first chapter of Matthew, you have the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And, and then you have the, the prophesying that he would come born of a virgin, that he would be born in the first chapter of Matthew. What you need to understand is in Matthew, it begins the genealogy. Actually, it begins it with verse 1, chapter 1, the book of generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so it begins with the son of David, because he is the son of David, Jesus, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And it starts with Abraham, the son of Abraham, because Abraham is the first Jew. That's where God built Israel out of Abraham. And so uh, Matthew de declares Jesus as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The gospel of Luke, Mark doesn't have a genealogy, John doesn't have a genealogy, but the gospel of Luke goes the different direction and it gives the genealogy of Mary, the Virgin Mary. And it ends, uh, actually it ends with Adam. Uh, I think it's interesting in Luke chapter three, verse 38, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. And so we have two genealogies and we have one as a king, the other as the son of man. And uh, it's, uh, it's uh, instructive, I think, to read these two genealogies. It won't take you 10 minutes, but you, you see a lot of things. You see that, uh, that, that, that since Joseph was the legal father, right. then, 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 then the, he's the father of Jesus legally. So he has the legal side, the legal claim to the throne going back to David through Solomon, through the right. line of Solomon. Right. You read Mary's genealogy, she has the bloodline going back to King David through his son, Nathan. Yes, and uh, And I also always like it when I read in the genealogies that Rahab the harlot uh, was, uh, was, was King David's great-grandmother. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, and Bathsheba is in there too. So uh, uh, God chose to make those flawed people. And of course, we only know about their flaws because we read books about them. Yeah. I, they, I guarantee you they were all flawed, just like we are. <laughs> and we talk about when he was born, where he was born. We'll pick that up a little later on about uh, Caesar Augustus ruled that everybody go back to their homeland where they were born. Mary just happened to be from Bethlehem, the city of David, and so did Joseph. So they had to go there for taxation and, and census. So uh, that's the reason they were there. And it was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And so it, it's incredible how God puts it together, isn't it? It's yes, amazing. it is. And it's you, spectacular. You can, you can show it from sources outside the Bible because there are Roman coinage struck with Caesar Augustus declaring that it's the year of the census. Yes. And, uh, and, so, and they're also written of only one generation later by the, 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 uh, the Jewish historian that was writing for the Romans, uh, Josephus. 
And so the, the taxing was a big deal. And it's mentioned at other places in the Bible. So Jesus was when he was born, uh, where he was born. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty clear that he was born during the Feast of Tabernacles. Or at least I'm convinced of that. And uh, not only was Jesus born during the Feast of Tabernacles, but I believe he may even return during that time. I don't know. I can't, I can't say that because no man knows the day nor the hour. But the Feast of Tabernacles is a pretty cool time. In fact, it's pretty exciting even now. And so uh, the other thing we want to talk about is Jesus was born of a virgin. Yes, he was. And we live in a crazy generation that thinks men can have babies. They do. Uh, whether they're virgins or not. That's right. <laughs> so, much, so much now, it's not a miracle that, uh, that a virgin have a baby. It's a miracle that there's a woman still a virgin. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just... not going to touch that one, James. Leave it but... alone. <laughs> we'll leave it alone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it brings, us to, it brings us to think that there were many miraculous births recorded in the Bible, but Jesus' birth is uniquely miraculous. You know, uh, when God promised that Sarai would have the baby, well, and promised Abram, and he didn't really believe, but he, he, he did believe, but he didn't know how it was all going to happen because they were both, as the Bible says, well-stricken in years. Yeah. And, uh, but I guarantee you that, that uh, Isaac was conceived, conceived in the good old-fashioned way. <laughs> but uh, it was a miracle that he was. That's right. right. Uh, Rebecca's twins, Esau and Jacob, they were a miracle because she was barren. And, 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 and Isaac prayed that God would intervene. And he's like 60 years old now. And, and God, he prayed that God would intervene. Uh, Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, she was barren. And uh, Zechariah, it opens up chapter 1 in, uh, in Luke. You know, he's in there offering the incense, and the angel appears and says, Zechariah, yeah. your prayers have been answered. And, he, and it's like, well, what, you know, what do you, what do you mean? What prayer? He says, you're going to have a son. And he goes, oh, well, I can't because uh, I'm old and my wife is stricken in years. And, you know, this is really crazy because I guarantee you that old Zechariah, He's been on his knees every night since he got married. Oh, Lord, please send us a child. Yep. And, and while you're at it, make it a boy. You yep. know, I'm going to teach him how to play baseball. We're going to go hunting. And, uh, and that's why the angel struck him dumb is yep. because that he didn't believe that he was getting an answer to his prayer. But Elizabeth conceived. And uh, think about Hannah, Samson's yep. mother. Miracle. She, she, she was barren, and she wanted a child. And uh, he opened up. She, he opened up the floodgate. Old Samuel did because she had several yeah, after him. That's true. You know. Yeah. So if, if you know, you know, if you need something, you know, God may give you more than you ever asked for. And yeah, he, like he, my dad, nine boys and two girls. There you go. Well, there you go. Does that add up to eleven? It does. That's a bunch. Hey man, that's the best looking <laughs> one out of all of them, though. I'd ran out of toes. I couldn't count any farther. You know that? I was the best looking one out of all of them. Well, of course. Yeah. You told me that before. Yeah. yeah I'm going to keep telling you that. Anyway, Joseph was a spouse to, his, to Mary. And Mary was probably 14, 15-year-old, just a right. young girl. Um, I think um, 
Isaiah talks about it being a young woman, but the same word for young woman uh, in Isaiah 7:14 is talking about um, in Matthew a virgin. Right. Uh, the, the the word has been changed to virgin. But anyway, Joseph was a spouse to her. In that day, if you were a spouse, we would call it engaged. In that day, you were as good as married when you were a spouse. And when uh, Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant, uh, Joseph was such a just man there in verse 19 of chapter 1 of Matthew that he was not willing to put a, make a public example of her, wasn't willing to have her stoned to death, wasn't willing to expose her. And uh, he was just in a bad way. He would put Mary away privately. But while Joseph is sleeping, an angel shows up, and the angel says to Joseph, don't be afraid to take this young girl, uh, Mary, because in verse 23, behold, a virgin shall be with a child, and shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God, God with us. us. And Joseph being raised up, verse 24, out of his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden and took unto him his wife, verse 25, and knew not her till she had brought forth her firstborn, Jesus, the Son of God, uh, which he called Jesus. And by the way, when Joseph named the child, remember the angel said his name will be called Jesus. Ordinarily, they would name the baby after Joseph. Right. But when Joseph named the child, when he named the child, and of course Mary was told to name the child as well, but by the act of Joseph naming the child, he literally adopted Jesus Christ. He took Jesus as his very own. That's it's amazing. True. Amen. Anything to say about that? Well, in the Roman world of that day, if there was a newborn baby and a man picked that baby up and showed it to the public in the public square, he was declaring that that was his son. Yeah. It was a custom of the day. So uh, Isaiah 7, 14, uh, um, let's read that. Yeah, behold, a virgin shall conceive. Yeah. By, and he's, Isaiah's given a prophecy to a wicked, unbelieving king. Ahaz. Ahaz, wicked dude. Vile. Verse 10 of chapter 7. Moreover, the Lord spake uh, unto Ahaz, saying, uh, Ask a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. And Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Pastor, and he said, I don't think he worried about tempting the Lord. Well, I think he was right. trying to well, be he, religious Well, he was there. bad. Hear ye now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to... Uh, to weary men, but will ye weary my God also? And Ahaz, and so God just said, okay, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. That's right. And the sign is a prophecy concerning the coming of Messiah. Therefore, the Lord shall give you a sign. A, um, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Amen. Amen. So that's a prophecy declared, and uh, Jesus is born of a virgin. Now, I mentioned earlier that when in Genesis 3.15, uh, the Bible says that the woman would bring forth a seed, and that seed, Eve would have a seed, and that seed would crush the head of the serpent. The only problem with that is that the woman don't have a seed. A woman has an egg. And so what happened was is God says, I'm going to give the woman a seed. 
That seed happens to be Jesus Christ, the Son of eternal God. And so the, the, the Adamic nature was passed down not through Eve's egg, but through Adam's seed. And the sperm is a seed. And, and uh, when they first discovered the seed of a sperm, they called it, it said it looked like little animals. And um, that, that's weird, I know. But anyway. Um, Have we got a whiteboard or? A what? Something we can draw on. We don't have one. You're going to draw. Are you going to draw? Never mind. I don't was just curious. I didn't don't know. Don't you draw what I'm thinking you're talking about drawing. But anyway. But, <laughs> but the, the seed. The, <laughs> <give me. laughs> the seed uh, of Adam is passed down the, the sinful nature. The woman. You say, well, what about the woman? The woman's sinful too. Believe me, they are extremely sinful women all. But, but oh, Judy. the carrier of it is not so much the woman, it's the man's seed is the carrier of it. The woman is sinful because you've got to understand, you know, women always bragging about, well, we have babies. If men had to have babies, they wouldn't have babies. Well, i got news for you. The first woman that was born was born by Adam. Actually not born, created out of his rib. And from then on, women started having babies. So the sinful nature is passed down to the seed of Adam. And God bypassed the seed of Adam, the seed of man, and he planted his seed of the Holy Ghost in the Virgin Mary. So he bypassed the sinful nature, and the pure Son of God is born. And this brings up something that the, that the uh, evolutionary biology cannot explain. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that the woman carries within her everything there is to prolong the life because you talk about the sin nature being being uh, uh, being passed down uh, see eve wasn't just eve eve was adam too that's right they both were named he adam. took her, her rib and the flesh thereof you out of it. adam they both and were god adam. fashioned the woman out of the man so all the nature that was in the man is also in the woman now we live in a crazy world because yes. people think that men can have babies. Right. We live in a nutty world, and you're going to have people contest. They're going to argue about the virgin birth. They're going to say, well, you know, you can have a baby without uh, the seed of man. No, you can't. No. There cannot be a baby without the seed of man, uh, any way you put it. But there is the insect world, wasps, lizards, many honeybees. Ants have babies, and they are females and they have female babies. They don't jump and have males, they have female. And the plant world is the same way. The Komodo dragon is a female and has a virgin birth. It produces, but it always produces a female, never a male. And that's why the Bible is very emphatic that Jesus was a male. The Savior is a male. Jesus was a male. It's our Father, which art in heaven, not our mother. It's the Son of God, not the daughter of God. It had to be a male child. And if you get into the chromosomes, the male has the Y. The female has XX. And the male can have a YX, but there'll always be the Y in a male. A female cannot have, cannot produce without a male the X, Y. It just can't happen. It's, that, that's not, the chromosome will not permit it. 
So the, the fact is, only, only a, a, a male can produce a male through the virgin womb of a woman. And the only, the only reason that, uh, that Pastor has stressed this is because... Because of the nuts in the world. Because of the nuts in the world, and also false religion. Because the Eastern religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, the Christ consciousness, you know, it's a new age, uh, the age of Aquarius and all this stuff. You know, they talk about how anything can be possible. And, and that's where a lot of the philosophical background to the crazy things we, happen, see, we see happening in the world of the sexual perverseness today is coming out of these new age religions so, because they're worshiping devils. So if it's a female, a female insect, a female plant, uh, a female, if a, a, the Komodo dragon, they can only have a female. Right. A female can only have a female. They can't have a male without a male seed. And it's just the devil's it's mission clear. to sow the confusion. Yeah. And I didn't want to confuse you, but that's just the way it is. And somebody will probably challenge you in the future because we've got, you know, quote, unquote, smarter than God. The Bible is archaic. No, it's not. It's exactly correct. But nonetheless, you've got people out there that would contest that because we got people now that can't even figure out what sex they are. And they want us to worship Mother Earth and Mother Nature and, and, uh, and, so the, and it's the Gaia, you know, the goddess of forces, the goddess of nature, the goddess of the world. And it's all Satan, the devil behind a new mask. Yep. And God is the father. God is a king, not a queen. God is the <laughs> husband of Israel, not a wife. And so when Jesus came, he's the son of God. Don't get swallowed up in nonsense that, well, God's neither a male nor a female. And he's you the know, bridegroom. He's generic, huh? He's the bridegroom. Well, that's right. But the throne doesn't have a sign, you know, unisex. No. No, no. God's a male. And if you've got a problem with that, you've got a real problem. Right? That's right. All right. Praise the Lord. Bail me out if I get into hot water here. No, you're, you're doing fine on your own. What? <laughs> what? Mess it up? <laughs> I love you too. I love you. No, no, it, it, you're exactly right. It's uh, the reason that, that we wanted to say those things about the, the virgin birth and, and Jesus being a male is because the New Age teachings want us it's to, crazy. to say crazy. that there's a female side to God and a male side, and, and that's only one tiny baby step away from the, the, from the male war god and the, uh, the mother-child cult that has, goes all the way back to Babylon with Nimrod and Semiramis and the baby Tammuz. is just a further polluting of, of, our, of our theology by Satan trying to confuse us and get us to worship strange gods. Right. All right, let's talk about the star. All right. Ready to talk about the star? I'm ready. All right. No. Uh, Matthew chapter 2. Verse 1 and 2, it says, in those days, no, no, uh, verse 1 and 2, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the city, or in, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Look at verse 9 and 10. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over them where the young child was. 
when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Now, in the second chapter of Luke, the star is not there. Matthew is the only one that records the star because Jesus is king of the Jews. And the star is a direct pointing to the Magi, the wise men. And also because it happened at different times. It did happen at different times. And that's why the star wasn't there uh, when, when the when the shepherds came, they, they were told not to look for a star. They said, told them to, told them where the manger was and to go in there and look. They weren't following a star. The wise men were following a star. That's right. And I don't want to deviate from the, from the story, but the shepherds were close by in their fields, abiding the sheep, taking care of the sheep. They were close by Bethlehem. The wise men were over in, uh, Far Assyria, away. Persia, Persia area. Far away. Well, we're there. And they were called Magi, actually a tribe. Some people call them king makers. I don't think they were king makers. I think they were king counselors because kings could become kings at three and four years old. I mean, no, they need some training at three or four years old. So the Magi was counselors and trainers. And so when they came from afar, you got to understand the shepherds were broke. They were poor. They were the common man. Uh, they were Jews. The wise men came, they were rich, they were highly educated, and they were Gentiles. From a far place. Yeah. So we see the difference and they come to the star. Now the question is, what is the star? Well, you know, I don't think it was a comet. No. I don't think it's an asteroid. I don't think it's anyone that lives in Hollywood. The star is, and this is up for grabs, but I don't think the star was a comet. I don't think it comes around ever so many thousand, two thousand years like scientists try to. I think the star could have been one of two things, actually one of three. I think the star might have been just a lit up angel. They're called stars in Revelation. They're called morning stars in the book of Job. So it may have just been a lit up angel that lit the whole area. It might have been the fire, the pillar of cloud by day and the fire pillar fire by night might have been the Shekinah glory of God, the illumination of God over where Jesus was. And so they saw the star from the east. They came way on a long trip. And by the time they got here, Jesus was probably close to two years old. What did they do with the pillar of fire by night? in the wilderness, when the Hebrew children were in the wilderness. They followed it. They did. And then when it stopped, they stopped. Right. And when the cloud of, cloud of uh, uh, cloud by day, uh, if it stopped, they stopped. And, and it's instructive to me that the reason we don't have no mention of the star in chapter two of Luke with the shepherds is because it was somewhere out of sight to the east leading these wise men, these magi, to Jerusalem. And it gives us some indication of how far they were away because in chapter 2 of Matthew, it says that, uh, it says that, that Herod, in verse 7, he diligently inquired uh, of, the, of the men 
what time the star appeared. And then, then he says, go search for the child. Well, we, we find out that he must have said, we're going to talk about this in a minute. He must have said they determined that they started seeing the star a couple of years ago because that's how long it took him to get here. That's why he had them kill all the males in Bethlehem under two. Herod. Two and under. Herod, Herod great. And we'll get there in a minute. But, but, but it, it kind of lets you know how far they were away. And if this star was being used to guide them, I tend to agree with James that it was probably the Shekinah glory cloud of God that, that, that led the children And if it was a comet, it would be gone. Yeah, it just... It had to be traveling slow. And if it was a regular star that was above the... the and then when they get when it, they get there, the barn on fire. these men in chapter uh, chapter two of Matthew, these magi and their company, their great caravan, when they got to uh, to, to to see Joseph and found him where he was, where the star was over the house, they're not in the manger; they're in a the house. There is no baby. There's no baby Jesus. There's a young child. That's right. And you don't have a baby Jesus. A toddler. In the- in the uh, part of Matthew, it talks about the baby Jesus coming, but you have a young king that the wise men come and they bring three gifts. Yes. And there's no such thing as just three wise men. There was probably 300 or 3,000. The wise men traveled a long ways. They had to have cooks. They had to have security. Wranglers they had to have for soldiers. the stock. They had to have animals. So when they came into Jerusalem looking for the king, where's the king of the Jews? Herod was about to have a fit because there was an army coming into Jerusalem and they're asking, where's the king born? And it says that Herod was troubled and all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. They, they wouldn't have been troubled if three guys rode up on a couple of camels. That's right. You know? I mean, it was, a, it was a big party of people that came into town. Wow, this is a big deal. And they, they were troubled because Herod the Great was yeah. troubled. Are they invading this? What is this deal? And so uh, God used a star to bring the wise men to Jesus. God used a census by Caesar Augustus to bring Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. God used an angel to declare to the shepherds, he's here. Now, they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, that's where they get the three kings. Right. But, you know, that's, that's just simply, um, well, it's good for Christmas cards. But anyway, uh, the kings brought gold, which is a representation of royalty, kingship. Mm-hmm. They brought frankincense, which is a representation of worship and priest. Jesus is our priest. They brought myrrh, representing that Jesus would be the sacrifice. Now, in Bethlehem, they raised lambs for sacrifice. And in Bethlehem also, there was bread. It was called the house of bread. And so the bread of life came to Bethlehem as a lamb, and lamb to die, slain for the sins of the world. It's amazing. Another thing that will drive you nuts, we talk about the spiritual condition of the uh, so-called prophets yeah. in, uh, in Herod's court. They're in Bethlehem. Uh, I mean, they're in, in Jerusalem. Uh, if you look at a map, Bethlehem's only like six or eight miles down the road from Jerusalem. That's right. And nobody went down there to look. He just told the wise men and their army to go look. 
But nobody in the palace went to look and see if the king of the Jews was there to see if the Savior had come. They wouldn't even go down there and look. You could have walked it in a few hours. I could have walked it in a few hours as crippled up as I am. Rick could get there without his battery running down. But they, they didn't have enough... <laughs> They, they didn't have enough spirituality to even go check out what these people said, even after the prophets came out and the scribes came out and said he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Don't pick on Ricky. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even he go He was nice look. enough to come and see you. Well, he Sunday. likes getting picked on. Okay. Well, Ricky, we're glad you're here. Amen. He may not be, but oh, I'm, I'm glad, glad you're here. Amen. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, where did these wise men come from? I, you know... You stop and think about it. What is their origin? I mean, what is these wise men? And I think they are fruits of Daniel the prophet. And the reason I believe they're fruits of Daniel the prophet is because Daniel was the chief wise man in Babylon. And Daniel knew the scriptures. So Daniel shared that they would come a star out of Jacob. Daniel shared with the wise men the Old Testament scriptures. These wise men came knowing about the star. That brings you to prophet Balaam. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll let you have that because you really like this guy. <laughs> well, he's interesting. Let me show you. Yeah. Let me tell you that. Uh, yes, yeah, so it says they're kings from the east, and, of course, Babylon was the great center, uh, which had fallen to the Persians, which had fallen to the Greeks, and now had fallen to the Romans. Yeah. But... We know that Daniel had the scriptures there with him, the scriptures that had been written up to that point, because he was reading in the book of Jeremiah that uh, that uh, that they would be that they would be freed after seventy years. Sure. And so he started praying about that. So he had the scriptures, and when Daniel died, those scriptures were still there in Babylon. They were there when the Persians took over, because uh, uh, Daniel was in the palace under Darius the Mede and under Cyrus the king and, uh, of Persia. And, uh, and the scriptures were there when Alexander took over from the Persians. And the scriptures were still there when the Romans under Pompey took over from the Greeks. And so uh, the scriptures were there and you had that Jewish community in Babylon that was still in existence during the days of Simon Peter. Yeah. And so there was still a community of Jews there in Babylon. That's how I think they knew the scripture, because in, in Numbers chapter 24, we learn about this star. Right. Daniel shared that. And Balaam was, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a prophet of God. And how do we know? Now, I'm not saying that we're going to see Balaam in heaven, because he says he ain't going to be there. And I'll <laughs> read you the scripture in just a second. But he was definitely a prophet. God talked to him. He talked to God. God told him what to do, and he didn't obey, and, uh, and he messed up. He made the wrong choices. But that doesn't mean that his gift or his, uh, or his uh, relationship with God was anything less than it was because it was God who told him to go ahead and go with him. But you can only say what I tell you to say. Yeah. And this is what Balaam says when he's in a trance. Uh, in verse 15 or 24, Balaam's talking, and old Balak, the wicked king of the Midianites, he's wanting... He's wanting uh, Balaam to curse Israel, to curse them so that they can't, can't win the battle. And uh, in verse 15, it says, And Balaam took up his parable and said, 
Balaam, the son of Beor, has said, and the man whose eyes are open has said, he has said, which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. I shall see him, but not now. Verse 17. Verse 17, talking about I'm going to see God. I shall see him, but not now. Like if I die today, I'm not going to Abraham's bosom. I shall behold him, but not nigh. What's ever knee going to do one day? Bow. What's ever tongue going to do? Confess. And uh, that's going to be at the great white throne. And, and, and all of the wicked dead will be there. And Balaam will be there with him. And he'll see God with his own eyes. He'll see Jesus Christ there at the great white throne pronouncing judgment. Because all judgment has been handed over to the Son. And he has all authority in heaven and earth. And he's pronouncing judgment on people. And the reason Balaam will see him but not nigh um, and won't be close to him is because he's going to be there in the back of the, of the judgment hall somewhere looking on him from afar while he's bowing down and saying, Jesus Christ yeah. is Lord, right before they pitch him into the lake of fire. I shall behold him but not nigh. There shall come a star there it is. out of Jacob. There shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. Now, this, this goes into the, the prophecy for that day then, what's going to happen in that battle. Ironically, uh, we go down, uh, I think it's five chapters from now, and we find out that when Joshua leads them, uh, leads them against the Moabites and the Midianites, that... Uh, that Balaam is killed along with all the princes of Midian, which included Moses' in-laws. Think about that. And Moses begged them to stay, but they yeah. went back home. And that's why the wise men came because of, of that star. star. Because and of Daniel, this I verse. believe Daniel is the one that trained them and taught them about the Old Testament scriptures. So when they showed up, they said, where is he born king of the Jews? We come to the star. Where's he at? Harry says, I don't know. And, uh, so and he they, wouldn't go look. <laughs> yeah. And, and they went and found the scribes in the temple in Jerusalem. And they asked, okay, where is this king? Where will he be born? And they said, well, he'll be born in Bethlehem. How many of y'all go yard sailing in a pretty day? I don't. Well, I mean, a lot Not of, you, a lot a of us day. do. Yeah, we'll drive 5, 10, 15 miles to go to a yard sale and see if they got anything we want to buy. But these guys wouldn't even go five miles down the road to see if God was there. Yep. Right. <laughs> now, let, let's look at, we're, we're running out of time. I don't want to stay sorry. too long. No, you don't be sorry. This is awesome. Jesus was born. They said, where is he born, king of the Jews? Micah 2, 5, 2. They said, that's where he says he'll be born. Look at this verse 2, because we not only see baby Jesus, not only see the man-child Jesus, we see his origin. In this verse, we see the origin of Jesus. Notice, but thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to a, be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth has been from old, of old, from everlasting. So he's in Bethlehem born, but his origin is somewhere way off from everlasting to everlasting. The phrase origin means beyond the vanishing point, beyond time. 
His origin was beyond time, beyond the vanishing point, uh, meaning that Jesus is God robed in flesh. That's pretty cool stuff. I love that, don't you? Our tabernacle. Yeah, our tabernacle, tabernacle among us. Well, we're running out of time, but I, you know, um, we didn't get through it all. Um, maybe we can, maybe I can deal with it later on. I think Jimmy's going to be gone, busy in other places. I mean, when you're, when you're really popular, you get to go places. I'm stuck here all the time. But um, anyway, Jimmy. Josh went with me to Tulsa. He did. Amen. They loved him there. Uh, the most famous Jew ever was going to be exterminated by Herod. Yes. And they're still trying to exterminate the Jew. Still happening. And you find it in Revelation chapter 12, most famous Jew, the man-child, they're trying to exterminate. And it's going on today. Exter exterminate the Jew. All because Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Trivia, you know. Uh, what was the big argument about Jesus where the people, when he was grown, when he was during his, during his uh, earthly ministry, during the incarnation, his public ministry, and they were saying, there were a lot of people saying that he couldn't be the Messiah, he couldn't be the Christ. Do you remember why they said he couldn't be the Christ? Because the Christ was supposed to come from the town where David was. Right. Bethlehem. But they didn't check it out. But they didn't check it out, you see. Born in and Bethlehem. so just because Jesus was living in Nazareth, they assumed he had been born in, in, in Nazareth. In Nazareth. Yeah, they believed that he was of the Galilean. Yeah. And so they didn't believe that it was. Okay, we're going to open up for questions real quick. We've run out of time. It's been good. Jimmy, it's been, it's good. been good. I yeah. like it. We're, we're learning, aren't we? I Anybody have it. a question? Raise your hand. Amen. What a blessing. Jesus, the Son of God. Um, yes, since, Jim, you know about sheep, when do they have, do sheep have babies just once a year? And when do they have those sheep? I don't know. I think they, I think they, I think they, I think they fall more than once a year. And I know that the gestation period is, is not that long. Uh, was it three months, four months, something like that? On sheep and goats, you know that this was my family. But what I knew about what I knew about sheep and goats of actually being around them was that they were dirty and they didn't look like these sheep that Jesus is petting in them pictures. You know, <laughs> they're they're dirty and they nasty and they got manure all over them and they're rolling around and everything and and uh, that that was from when I was a little kid. But I think the gestation period is a lot shorter, and I think they can I think they can have their young more than once a year. Well, I heard they had them once a year. That's why I was wondering. Had what? If you knew, because I think it's kind of cool that God had Jesus born in Bethlehem because all the lambs were born there right. because they were used for sacrifice. That's right. That is a fact. That's why Jesus was born there because he was going to be the Yeah, because he's a lamb of God. Right. And they were watching over them. Well, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. That was in Israel back then, so I assumed that they were born in March. I just don't know. I can't well, remember. Judy, I was a kid. Judy had, uh, 
goats on the farm, and if I remember correctly, they had babies twice a year, one in the spring, one in the fall. Mm -hmm. The goats. That was a goat. Jesus wasn't a goat. I don't know about. Either. I don't know the difference. Uh, I, you know, you bring I know up. I don't want to eat either one of them. We're talking about lambs. You know, you bring goats. up a point. We're talking about sheep, not goats. When Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers and he drove drove out those that sell that sold goats and lambs and 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 doves when he when he ran them out of the temple, they had the Lamb of God uh, running their livestock, running their lambs that they brought to sell there. He had them running them out of the temple because he was the Lamb of God. He was fixing to get sacrificed a few days later. Yeah, and, and uh, that's a good point. I, I do believe I do believe that Jesus was born during the Feast of the Tabernacle times. Of course, the Lamb would have to get grow somewhat in order to be sacrificed. But yeah, that's a good point. I assume that sheep are Pretty much stubborn to have a baby whenever they want. But. She wants to know what Bethlehem means as well. House of bread. House of bread. House of bread. Anybody else? Question? I got a statement that I want you to maybe correct me on. I've been under the impression, number one, that uh, Jewish people uh, consider their birthday the day of conception. With that being the case, if Jesus was conceived on, uh, what is it, the 25th of December, if my math is right, that would put his actual birth at uh, mid-September, which is the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Could I, be, could I, be. I have read that, but I... I have got. Admit, I haven't studied that a lot. I haven't studied it at all. I just read. Maybe I read the same thing you did. I'm not sure, but that that uh, that that is a Jewish tradition to do that, or it was at the time. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how uh, it would how you would pinpoint the day. I'm not. I just don't know. That's a good point. I do know that in John 7 verse 2 through 5, the brothers of Jesus said, "Go down there. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. That's when you're." Supposed to show yourself as the Messiah, and so they were expecting him to come during the Feast of Tabernacles. It's never a crime to say you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer. But that is a good point. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, I feel nine months older than what I am. <laughs> I said I feel nine months older than what I am. Well, it's nearly, it's nearly your birthday again, right? Yeah. It was just last week. When we're born, we ought to be nine months old. You were nine months ahead. Yeah. There you go. Jimmy? Yes. We better let somebody ask another question, yes. and then we've got to get done. Anybody else? Question? Sheep have babies one time a year. Sheep have babies one time a year. Well, I know goats had them twice. Now, Doris and Henry would know. Um, they have them in the spring? They what? <laughs> well, I do know this. Judy, uh, the animal she had, usually had twins all the time. Yeah. She so. said that the star was a UFO. There you go. Is that what she said? Yeah. Don't, oh, drink, he said. don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I thought Elvis was in the UFO. 
All right, I hope you enjoyed tonight. I guess we're going to wrap this up. And I, I hope it's opened your thinking to a little more about the birth of Jesus Christ and hope we answered some questions for you. And uh, I know it's totally different than what you uh, hear sung on the radio or what you hear read on Christmas cards and things like that. But the Bible is the Bible. We need to go by what it says. And uh, Jesus is the Lamb of God. And he was born in a place where they raised sheep for sacrifice. And he is the bread of life. And he was born in Bethlehem, meaning the house of bread. And uh, thank God that he was born. And we learned that they have one lamb a year. One lamb a year. I didn't know that. Well, that, you know, you have to limit your mutton that you eat. <laughs> one a year, lamb chop. All right. All right. We're going to be. Google says one to two. One to two. One to two. Google don't. You know, you don't, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about Google until I first met Judy and I Googled. <laughs> the only Google Are I Are you know. sure that wasn't Goggle? <laughs> Jimmy? Yes. You're going to be somewhere else next Sunday, aren't you? Yes, I will be. I'm going to be in Dixon, Missouri, and uh, it looks like I'll have good weather to go. Sometimes when you go up that way, it's like all nasty and everything with the snow and the ice. It looks like it'll be easy. All right, let's all stand. We're going to have special prayer. And uh, thank God for Jimmy. Thank God for him coming and joining. God bless you. Helping thank us you. out with that. It's been a, such a blessing. And uh, I want us to be sure and pray for Bobby Baldrich and also um, Don DeMay. He's struggling with some things. And we got several people in the church just need a touch from the Lord. John Llewellyn, others need a touch from the Lord. And so let's just pray together that the Lord would reach out and touch those that are in deep need tonight. And for Jerusalem, for Israel. Uh, Father, we thank you tonight for your goodness and your mercy. We're so glad that Jesus was born. That's the, that's the most beautiful message that we can share. He came, he died, he rose again from the dead, and Jesus is coming back again. And Father, I thank you for your son. Lord, I ask that you heal Bobby Baldridge, be with him, watch over him. Also, Don DeMay, that you'd touch him and heal his body. John Llewellyn, that you'd touch him and move upon him in an incredible way. And Father, we thank you for those that are here that came out tonight. We pray that you'd bless Jimmy and heal his body as well. Thank you, and, Jesus. And uh, so many just need a touch yes. from you, Father. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Turn to that one you beside and tell them Merry Christmas. We're glad you came. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>